This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is GG World Play, the show that talks about all things video games. In this episode, we're going to talk about the age-old argument in gaming, albeit with less fanboyism, PC or console. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Thank you, Hanif. We're going to start off this week's news with the announcement that Sony made regarding some changes to their famed subscription service, the PlayStation Plus. Beginning June, Sony will be consolidating PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that will be divided into three different tiers. Before we go deeper into the three different tiers, we're just going to say up front that this is Sony's answer to Microsoft Xbox Game Pass, which means that you can expect a subscription-based game service. That's right. The first tier, called PlayStation Plus Essential, will remain similar to the existing PlayStation Plus service, two monthly downloadable games, online multiplayer access, cloud storage and exclusive discounts with the same price of 29 ringgit monthly, 69 ringgit quarterly or 159 ringgit yearly. The second tier, which is the new tier, is PlayStation Plus Extra. PlayStation Plus Extra will include all the same benefits as PlayStation Plus Essential and access to a catalogue of up to 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games, including some blockbuster hits from the PlayStation Studios catalogue and third-party partners. These games are downloadable for play and this package will cost 44 ringgit monthly, 114 ringgit quarterly or 269 ringgit yearly. Mm, the highest tier named the PlayStation Plus Premium will include all the benefits from essential and extra tiers plus the ability to play PS3 games via cloud streaming, a catalogue of games from the original PlayStation, PS2 and PSP that's available via stream or downloadable and time-limited game trials for customers to try to select games before they buy. Unfortunately, our region will not be able to enjoy the benefits of this tier since we do not have access to PlayStation Now, so they are introducing an alternative tier called PlayStation Plus Deluxe that will be priced a bit lower than premium. PlayStation Plus Deluxe will have all the bells and whistles of PlayStation Plus Essential and Extra, but minus all the streaming stuff from premium. This means we still have access to original PS, PS2 and PSP games that are downloadable. The pricing for this tier for the Malaysian market will be 50 ringgit monthly, 130 ringgit quarterly and 309 ringgit yearly. Sony said that PlayStation Now will be absorbed into the PlayStation Plus service and they will aim to get everything up and running by June for certain markets in Asia followed by North America, Europe and the rest of the world. No more details have been released for now, but there you go folks. Sony announced their version of Game Pass to compete with Microsoft and we will be among the first few markets that will be able to give it a spin. Honestly, Hanif is quite excited to check this yes, out. Is. But we are going to keep our expectations low and bring you more details as and when they are available. Okay, on to the next piece of news. Not wanting to be left behind, at least in this region, Microsoft has also announced that they are bringing a preview of PC Game Pass to some countries in the region for the very first time. Yeah, this is despite Xbox not having 
having an official presence in some of these countries, Microsoft has decided that it's time to give PC gamers in Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand and Vietnam a taste of their now famous Game Pass. Starting late last year, players can now register to be part of the preview via the Xbox Insider app. They can also trial PC Game Pass for 50 cents for the duration of the preview as Microsoft works towards the setup and testing of local payment systems before eventually launching the full service to the markets later this year. Hmm. So for PC gamers out there, feel free to sign up for the preview. Give it a try and give us your feedback. It's a pretty cool service and uh, just as we were excited for the PlayStation Plus Extra, we are excited for this one as well. Competition is definitely a good thing and gamers should be the overall winners here. Okay, sticking with Microsoft but over in the US, Bernie Sanders and three other senators have expressed their concerns about Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which is still ongoing and has yet to be finalised. Apparently, they were very deeply concerned about the consolidation in the tech industry and its impact on workers in a letter sent to the Federal Trade Commission. Yeah, Sanders and the others are also arguing that the acquisition might also cause the issues experienced by Activision Blizzard's employees to be forgotten or harder to solve. Not to mention the potential anti-competitive behaviour might emerge from this deal and that will also lead to a monopoly in the future. They casted out on the future of Activision CEO Bobby Kotick whom they think might be able to dodge accountability following the ongoing scandal, despite Activision Blizzard already claiming that there were no special compensation arranged for Kotick when he eventually leaves when the Microsoft acquisition is completed. On top of that statement, Activision Blizzard has also clarified their position with regards to taking all the right action in ensuring that due process and diligence will take place prior to the acquisition. CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, also believes that the acquisition was still be approved, claiming that they will be a big player in what is a highly fragmented place. So there's that. We'll report more to see whether Microsoft will eventually bring this deal to the finish line. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned indeed. But moving on to Nintendo, the publisher has announced that the highly anticipated sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will be delayed to 2023. This comes after project manager Eiji Onuma announced that the release of Breath of the Wild 2 will be pushed to next year as the studio will need more time to work on the development of the game. While delays are no longer a big deal these days, especially if you take into account COVID, the news did not go down well with their shareholders. The company's stocks have dropped by 6% following the news after a decent 25% year-to-date gain up until 29th of March. While that can be alarming, the company should rest easy knowing that they do have other titles on offer to still serve gamers before the release of the next Legend of Zelda. And of course, for gamers, delays are never really a bad thing, all things considered, right? Now, that's one side of the coin. Last <laughs> but not least, Shuitsa, publisher of the hugely popular weekly Shonen Jump in Japan that contained the biggest manga hits such as One Piece, Naruto and Bleach, has established a new subsidiary called Shuisha Games in February this year. Their aim is to synergize the world of publishing and gaming, and this is perhaps the best way to consolidate and harness the many talents that are available at their disposal, from manga art writers, novelists and many more. Despite being relatively new, Shuisha Games already have multiple titles announced and in the works and they include Oni, which is currently a working title, The Tower of Children and Captain Velvet Meteor, The Jump Plus Dimension. They do not mention uh, which platforms these games will be on though, but suffice to say this is definitely good news for gamers who are 
also into anime. We might be able to see more of your famous animes being made into games and this company might be able to also challenge Bandai Namco's dominance in the anime genre of games. Okay, that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl and Ofnil. We're going to make way for some messages. After this, we're going to take a look at the age-old argument among gamers, PC or console. Stay tuned. This is GG Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to GG Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. In this episode, we're going to revisit the age-old argument that people like to indulge in when it comes to deciding on which gaming device they should own, PC or console. Okay, we're not going to take a very hardline stance on either side of the debate, but we're just going to present our point of view, especially taking into account the gaming landscape in 2022. Najman Maliki joins me for this chat. So I think I think um, if you're looking at it on on paper, just the spec sheets and stuff, um, it's really not an argument. I guess technically speaking, PC always wins because how it evolves very rapidly and how it easily adapts to things. However, when you get into the nitty gritty of literally buying the thing, that that is when I think um, things changes, right? So when you're suggesting to a person, a person who have never owned a gaming device, quote unquote. They walk up to you and asks, "Hey, should I get a console or should I get a gaming PC or a gaming laptop or maybe a handheld console?" That's when I personally find that uh, it starts to get very murky. That's I, I was in this situation uh, recently. So someone asks, "Should I get the latest PS5 or the latest computer or a Switch?" Uh, and and I am realizing that the situation that I'm in and that we are all in nowadays is really unique because I don't think we've ever been in this situation um, where if even if you have the money, you probably cannot get what you want to get. So then I was stumped because um, I can't actually suggest the best value for money easily nowadays because of chip shortages the uh in availability of consoles like ps5 again due to chip shortages uh, but also the current or the the old gen <laughs> console which is the ps4 and the xbox uh xbox x it's all still quite good so um yeah i wanted to share this with you and if i wanted to discuss with you I wanted to see where you sit between uh, those two. So I th- a couple of things I want to ask would be um, what should you get in accordance to the price and the library of what you're getting into and the price of that library. So yeah, I think those, those are the questions that I have and let's, let's talk about that, I guess. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I think, I think like you said earlier, I think one, once upon a time there... I guess it's it's not as complex. I think once upon a time, is the decision making behind the I guess choices is is down to the fact that you one way or another look at the library of games, which which I think is more crucial than performance. Although to some people, obviously performance is also quite important as well, right? So that's that's where PC will always gain the advantage over consoles because of the fact that you can always 
you know, I guess buy a, an expensive PC and future-proof um, the device for you to play games for the next five, six, seven, eight years down the line. And also not, not, not to mention that, I guess, by virtue of having a good performing PC, you'll be able to also play games at a better performance rate, right? But that, but that's also, as much as I think that's pretty legitimate, I think that also applies to only people who are quote-unquote enthusiasts, right? One way or another who cares mm, about frame yeah. rates and also how, you know, how well the graphic looks, which I mean, to be fair, for a lot of PC gamers, that's where the priority is at, right? Uh, but for casual gamers who perhaps um, want an easier experience, uh, like a plug-and-play experience, uh, a console might be more appealing, um, right? Uh, but that also depends on the kind of games that they want to play. Yes, uh, consoles might be a bit more, um, what do you call this, a bit more accessible and might have a large library, but at the same time, PC quote-unquote, have larger library, right? And and uh-huh. one way or another, it's also a bit more flexible because there are some games and certain types of games that are not really playable on consoles or even, you know, I mean, you can have ports of them, but it was it will not still match the experience that you can get on, on I guess, a PC. You know, I'm talking about games like RTS games, you know, point-and-click games. Um, those games are, I guess, made for PC. And to a certain extent, PC, not only can they play those games well, but they can also play the kind of games that you would think might be better played on console, but actually it's quite, it's, it's more of a decent experience being played on, on, on PC, right? You know, your, your FPS to a certain extent. Like even, even for other games these days, I mean, once upon a time, controller support is not as great on PC, but these days, almost all kind of games support controller, right? So that's also another aspect. Um, so going back to, I guess, your question, I would say it's, 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 it's library and the kind of games that you want to play essentially, because I think these days, um, it, Exclusives are also pretty important. Although, although to be fair, that also has become a bit murky these days. You know, uh, people used to lot Sony for having good exclusives, but now they are also uh, one way or another um, transferring their exclusives to or making their exclusives available on PC. So that's that's also that. So it depends on um, to answer your question again. Uh, it depends on 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 what that gamer wants. Can uh, whether it's um, mobility. Um, the kind of games that they want to play and also whether they do want to, I guess, um, fiddle with fiddle with their device, right? Because some people still want like a like a very simple plug and play experience, right? Um, so maybe they're better off playing on consoles because, you know, as much as things can get a bit technical on console, is essentially still plug and play, right? Um, exclusives also, like for example, if, if this gamer wants to play Nintendo games uh, or, or Mario like Zelda mm. I mean that's obvious you know, where, where else can they play these, these games right uh, except on uh, a Nintendo platform and also the price as well to some extent yeah, you have to also think about the price um, yeah buying a game on a console versus buying a game on a PC Steam for example yeah there's also a slight difference in cost that might I guess tip the scale here so yeah there are a lot of different factors that I guess can that can influence someone's decision to actually invest uh, in 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 a gaming device, right? Mm, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, so the issue that I guess that I faced recently was this person was a casual gamer. He is not a person who's looking to play FPS like um um competitive shooters or competitive mobiles, or whatever, and he is not willing to spend like an arm and a leg 
essentially <laughs> for the for the PC or the console, and and uh, yeah, so I guess I'm quite stumped at that point because he was looking at something around along the lines of one thousand five hundred ringgit to about three thousand ringgit, and I just realized that there's a lot of, there's a lot of pretty decent desktop PCs that you can actually get nowadays, even some decent laptops within that price range, which is great enough, I think. Um, especially if it's a laptop, it can not just be plug and play, technically speaking, but also portable because you can actually like balik kampung with it and you can actually like go to the office with it, right? It's quite um, portable. Uh, but yeah, so when you, you want to con- compare that with say something like a PS4, then I start to like question myself. Oh, maybe am I am I actually suggesting the best thing here? Although the PS4 is about one thousand five hundred, it's it's kinda ish, not that portable as portable as something put, that you can put in the back and then play anywhere. Um, but yeah, so I realized that uh, if you're talking about the console slash PC. Um, war nowadays it gets it gets very murky and as you as you rightly mentioned just now the library on PC especially because of Steam Steam sales and the amount sheer amount of games on Steam it's it's really really easy for you to actually get in and then not spend a lot before you can actually play great games games like Red Dead Redemption Two is actually very affordable now. And whereas if you still go to um, the console side, uh, it's it's if if it's off season, you gotta still get it at um, the the full price, right? On Steam, essentially, it's like on <laughs> discount forever. Um, so yeah, I personally have my own preference, which I can understand if you disagree with me. But yeah, for me, if you are looking for uh, a device to game on I would definitely go for something contentious here but a gaming laptop because my personal view if you are a casual gamer if you are not the, the type of person who's going to go for you know the maximum number of kills within that like you have to have your um, highest FPS possible and stuff like that if you are not that type of person then yes, a gaming laptop nowadays at the price of less than 3,000 ringgit is more than capable of doing that. Plus you get the huge library. Albeit you don't get the latest and the greatest games lah. Um, so if you can forego your exclusives from the Xbox and the PSs of the world, then yeah, by all means, I would actually say a gaming laptop is the best bang for your buck at this stage. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've just opened another can of worms by introducing gaming laptops. Um, only <laughs> only because I feel like, you know, yeah, between a, a desktop and a gaming laptop, people always say, oh, gaming laptop is not worth the investment only because, again, you're dealing with limitations, right? Limitations in the form of hardware, limitations in the form of, yeah, upgradability. The thing about investing in a gaming PC is that sometimes you can, you admittedly, you have, you have to spend a bit more but there's always that path for upgrades, right? I think, and that's where uh, gaming desktops uh, become a bit more appealing, right? In the sense that you can either future-proof your your device immediately or hardware immediately, or you can, I guess, start slow, but um, start from the bottom with a mid-tier PC, but, you know, with rooms for, for improvements and upgrades, right? Um, The thing about gaming laptop is that, obviously, okay, obviously, first up, I think we have to admit that 
if you're buying a gaming desktop or a gaming PC, you are essentially buying a device that you can not only game on, but also do other things on, right? So technically, you're you're opening yourself up to the avenue of, I guess, not only gaming, but doing other things as well. So if you want to look at, you know, the cost-benefit analysis, that in itself is already, I guess, an advantage, right? Compared to having, you know, for example, a console where I know some people these days have used their console as a home entertainment device. And yeah, a lot of consoles these days are being, I guess, made to also cater to be a home entertainment device. But at the same time, because of, of you know, of smart TVs and, you know, people preferring, for example, an Apple TV or, or other devices for, for their entertainment, uh, for their Netflix and whatnot, um, these features become uh, nice to have, but not necessarily being used or utilized properly, right? Um, so that's that. But the thing is, <laughs> between gaming desktop and gaming uh, laptop, uh, I'm going to go back to the point that I made earlier about uh, credibility and and um, the fact that, you know, yeah, <laughs> between between the desktop and the laptop, I would rather invest in the desktop because um, at least there's path for upgrades, right? Um, in case, um, for example, you can commit to a, a machine that's not, that's mid-tier, essentially mid-tier, and, you know, three years down the line when you have the funds, you can eventually upgrade it. Whereas with a gaming laptop, um, like you said earlier, um, you have to somehow, I guess, make do with the kind of quote-unquote subpar performances. And then this goes back to performance. Lah. As much as we say, oh, okay, you know, a casual gamer, this casual gamer might not necessarily care about performance. Um, between playing a game that's not as optimized, uh, especially at lower settings on a PC versus playing a game that's optimized well, but not necessarily the best performing one on a console, I'd rather pick a console. And then that's where this, I guess, to a certain extent, uh, is an advantage for consoles, to a certain extent. Not, not necessarily advantage in a literal way, but for example, like, like I would rather play a, a game that is just, I guess, locked at 30 FPS with graphics that's already locked properly and might, might not be as sharp as, for example, on a, on a laptop uh, or a PC. Then having to fiddle or settle for a medium to low resolution gaming on a on a laptop you know if that makes sense yeah so so this is where as much as you know you would think that you know a, a casual gamer won't care so much about it the fact that they still have to probably fiddle with these things or even have to you know make do with a, a low performance uh games uh on a laptop because of the inability of the device to perhaps output uh, a better performing i guess game that in itself i, I guess is is, is is something less appealing to me and not to mention um there's also the wear and tear, I know. I don't know whether this is relevant because I'm not as good or as knowledgeable when it comes to PC gaming. But um, I just, I'm always never comfortable, you know, gaming on a laptop with my fan, uh, you know, just ramping up. It just feels, I, I know that, you know, that's, that's the, the machine doing its job, but it just feels a bit like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't make me feel as comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I I just want to like highlight the point, a slight point for anyone who possibly listens to this as a point to kind of like, make their decision. Um, nowadays, gaming PCs that we have, um, gaming laptops that we have nowadays are not too shabby. And when when Hanif mentions uh the the medium setting, we are actually looking at. 1080 I mean at least I am looking at 1080 as medium uh, 1080p uh, because most when you talk about desktop games or other PC gaming we're looking at 1440p right so one um, like 1400p that's that or, or 4k gaming that's like 
you know the high or ultra settings but um yeah if you guys are okay with playing at 1080p technically speaking that's on, on the lower end uh, definitely on the medium end uh then uh it's not as bad and you're not going to be basically ramping up your computer's fan to max at all time but you definitely will hear it work it would not be sitting idle at like 30 celsius it would actually go to like 50 um but yeah i i i see i totally agree and see your point hanif i do agree that i don't feel comfortable hearing my fan noise like going Uh, like sounding like a jet engine <laughs> for the next hour or so and me not being able to touch my computer because it's too hot to handle uh, i don't feel comfortable doing those things um but yeah i i am definitely amazed at the technology that we have nowadays um you can actually uh, if you guys are interested you can actually uh, check out some youtubers who do this like tests on a i guess weekly or daily basis um which shows the technology that we have nowadays um how, how good it is at essentially cooling the system essentially running at a lower wattage so that it doesn't overheat uh if you are playing casual games and i think um going back to consoles i do have to say that especially if you're playing latest games uh with uh, an Uh, a previous generation console uh, a ps uh, ps4 for example it does struggle a bit um to play one of the latest games like elden ring or you're playing horizon forbidden west you do hear your console <laughs> working harder than you think it might uh but yeah it would definitely tackle that problem a lot better than a laptop would yes that i agree i totally agree on that Um, I do like your point as well, Hanif, about uh, 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 your console being a media entertainment system. I am I'm guilty of that. I do use my PS4 as my to-go Netflix um, uh, device. Uh, that's my media entertainment system. So I yeah, if you are planning to get a console, do know that that console doubles as a media entertainment device as well you do have some limitations things like apple tv you don't get it in malaysia on ps you don't get obviously things like hulu or amazon prime you don't also get things like uh the malaysian more malaysian based streaming services like view and stuff but if you're just a netflix head uh and want to listen to music on spotify ps4 does that flawlessly so that's that as well Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think um yeah, I think we've spoken at length about why uh, I guess a gaming laptop. I mean as much as we are, we're presenting the both the pros and cons of gaming laptops and desktops in general. Um we need to also talk about why a console is still quote unquote an appealing choice for gamers out there, mm-hmm. right? And I think uh, this is very simple, very I guess a very simple point um might be to some very menial but at the same time I think it's still pretty relevant. Console is more suited for you to put in the living room compared to a gaming laptop. I oh, mean, yes. as much as you can always MacGyver oh, yes. it, yes, but a console is just meant to be played on a TV, and that means you know, and yeah, the way it's designed, as much as the uh, the PS 5 design is a bit weird, it's still meant to be put on on like in a living room, right? So there's also that as well. So so if you're if you plan to game on a desktop or laptop, um, essentially, yeah, you have to think about 
owning a desk, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, owning a uh, owning a table, um, you know, a, a, a kind of setup that I think is also that sometimes you have to have a factor in, especially if you if you don't have, for example, if you don't have TV, um, you have to think about okay, maybe getting getting a TV. But when it comes to desktop, you have to think about if let's say you don't you you never own a, a desktop before, you have to think about having a monitor, having a table for it, having a chair. Having a keyboard and mouse and and all all those other things as well, right? Just just so that you can have a setup, yeah, one way or another. And and yeah, I mean, I mean, th- these are the things that I guess you have to <laughs> somehow factor into as well. Uh, multiplayer, local multiplayer is also a big thing these days. Um, well, okay, maybe maybe it's not a big thing. Uh, it's still I guess. Um, the landscape has changed a bit, but yeah, just think about that possibility as well when it comes to, I guess, you know, playing multiplayer games. Uh, and this is where a console like Switch is also appealing in that sense, right? You know, the the OG um, Nintendo Switch where it has everything and it can do almost everything, you know, being portable, uh, you can play multiplayer games on it. You can also uh, dock it and and, and play it in, in your living room, right? So, so there's also that aspect as well that you have to consider. Uh, but, at, but at the end of the day, I, uh, I guess... Um, we need to also take into fact the, the kind of games lah that you want to play as well that's also pretty important if you have a certain inclination towards certain types of games and you know for a fact that that game is only I guess available or is best played on a PC and if you want to embark on you know maybe I guess playing a lot of games on PC then by all means get get a desktop right <laughs> but if you're a kind of gamer that <laughs> perhaps look for the kind of games that's pretty casual, but at the same time also certain exclusives. Yeah, maybe you can settle for a console. So I guess it's also at the end of the day about that as well. Can I mean the kind of games that you want to play as well? Yeah, I think I think the kind of games that you want to play will be the biggest part of your decision making arc, I guess. Because if you want to play, I mean, if you want to play a PSX, you want to you want to play Horizon Zero uh, Forbidden West, for example, and you want to play it now. You can get a Switch and you can't play it. And you can get a, a the highest-end PC today. You still can't play it because it's a PS exclusive. Still currently a PS exclusive. So definitely the kind of games that you want to play will uh, be the biggest uh, decision-making point that you, that you are um, going to make if you are deciding to get um, a machine. Uh, but yeah. I think once you you are past that, and I think um, as I have mentioned, you you have to look into the the finicky parts. Like, do you wanna do you wanna play it on the bed, but also in the living room? Then, if that's the case, and probably get something more portable. If you don't mind like plugging up a lot of wires and stuff, then definitely get a PC. Uh, but yeah, I think we are we are actually spoiled for choice. That's that's the the biggest thing that I can say for for this era that I guess we are living in. So we do see the horizon. It's nice, which is possibly next gen consoles or current gen consoles and nice PCs and nice um, even upcoming consoles. If you want to bring Steam Deck to the <laughs> to the to the fray, but even if you can't afford those kind of things, you still have really great choices. You have really good. Um, consoles nowadays, right? Even PS4 uh, and and the old gen Xbox is still really really good. Um, if you want to get a Switch, it's still extremely wonderful. Um, and yeah, if you can kill multiple birds at one with one stone, like for example, turning it into a media center for your house or playing it with your family and friends, then that would be extremely good. But I guess if I can sum up 
the points that I got from you and if the biggest one would be what do you want to play focus on that first and then you can think about the the other questions that possibly can like help you decide better but yeah if you want to play Zelda then obviously you don't have other choices lah I think uh, nowadays even if you get the older version of of the machine you'd still uh, be able to 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 enjoy almost any title at a decent playable um uh, playable state so yeah just i would say get any uh, type of console or pc that you'd like to have and don't have regrets just start playing it's the most the most important part here is you want to have fun right So yeah, focus on having fun rather than worrying about whether the I make the best choice or not and yeah, just just game on. You're tuned in to Gigi Well Played and that was Najman Maliki giving his take on the conventional PC versus console debate. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on pfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at pfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been Gigi Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.